Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So my husband and I have been watching this show, and we're probably super late to the party, but everything is new to me, so I'm going to act like it just came out fresh out the premiere. Watching a show called um, 60 Days Lockdown. You ever heard of that? So pretty much the premise of that show is regular participants from all over the world, not all over the world, so far I know from different states, pretty much agree to go inside a county jail and act as undercover inmates. And they do that for about 60 days. They live the real, real inmate lifestyle, get a real bunk and an ID and a pen and commissary and all the bells and whistles. And after 60 days, they're supposed to collect enough information and report it back to the sheriff to let them know, hey, this is how you can make your facility better. This is how drugs is getting in. This is, um, you know, how shanks is being made or whatever it the intel could be that would really really benefit the facility and they have certain distress signals that they do for certain uh, counties that if the participant feels like get me out of here.com backslash now that the producers are watching 24 hours and they do this distress signal and they will pull them out for a quote unquote interview so to kind of camouflage all this they are interviewing the other inmates, so it doesn't look like, why they keep pulling out such and such? You know, they're, they're doing it in a way that it's like, oh, okay, they give all the undercover inmates, um, what do they call it? They call it a backstory, a cover story. And so to fit their personality or how it looks so that they can pretty much pull off this facade of being a true inmate. So the show is dope because I like reality shows with a spin meaning that I can feel that it's not scripted. Yeah, and I'm not looking for the bad girls club all the time, like have a nice day, but things that I can look at and kind of feel like, oh my goodness, like I can learn from this kind of thing and that it can give me a virtual experience through someone else's eyes without me having to really experience that particular thing. Because I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now, um, looking at this show, I don't know how people make it, never, Never, ne never would have made it. Um, Marvin Sapp said it best. I don't know how people do it in those facilities, uh, but God bless them. They don't have the amenities that I'm looking for. And as far as I'm concerned, I give it zero stars. Okay, that's how I feel about it. But as I'm watching more and more of the seasons and the episodes, and you know, they have. I think they start off with like six participants, but they do two rounds of that. So as the first six are being pulled away, then they go ahead and blend in the other six and all kind of things. And there were some some participants that I'm like, are you forgetting what the premise of your stay is? Like one dude smoked what they called some kind of crack pipe or something. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> and I just looked at him like, oh, OK, well, maybe that's because he has low self-esteem. Peer pressure is yeah written all over him and it looks like he deals with that on the outside so oh, okay great but when i started seeing females actually partaketh in drugs and whippets and snorting lines i was like oh my gosh now not being judgmental on anyone who struggles with that let's be clear the confusion was did you forget what you were there for now one of the participants 
was like, listen, she wasn't finna throw her cover story. Actually, two of them so far that I can recall off top said that it's the same exact thing. That the reason why they partooketh in uh, the drug dealing of sorts, how they get it in jail, why they get it in jail, and how they're able to keep doing this in jail, I'm not clear. Uh, was because they felt like if they kept saying no to the drug you know, people suggesting it, that they felt like it would blow their cover. There was no other way that you felt like you, oh, okay, um, interesting. I remember watching one girl in particular, her name was Maury, uh, with an I at the end, and she was crying because she was like, she felt um, like she was being bullied, that nobody else liked her, and then the people who were saying things of the reason why they took the drugs, in particular this girl named Stephanie, and for Fulton County, because the counties is correlating with the situation, and this other girl, I forget her name off back, what was her name? Uh, oh, Michelle, Michelle, their reasoning for wanting to take again outside of just not blowing their cover story was the fact that they was like they wanted to fit in they wanted to become friends and some of the males I seen kind of lose themselves also I was like and so it was very clear as I was watching this I'm like I think that they're forgetting why they were there I think they're forgetting that they actually signed up for something and they only have to do two months, a.k.a. 60 days. And when they were being interviewed, they were saying things like, man, you know, you could really lose yourself and forget, like, you're not here long term. And, you know, this one guy got into it with the CEO, the correctional officer, and he was like, I'll see you on the outside and going off. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> did you forget? But when I ask myself these kind of questions, just watching real life show and how this, this is how it works in my mind. I always feel like heaven looks at us like that. Like, did you forget why you were sent to do whatever your assignment was? So I was like, mm, that question kind of posed to me through the Holy Spirit. And I picked up the phone. I was like, we getting ready to talk about that because I don't think that we question ourselves enough in a positive way. I think that when we do question ourselves is why am I so fat and why is my body shaped like this? I think our form of questioning leads to a negative space. But I think we need to start going ahead, even if it's kind of like inspired by shows or music or however God, you know, decides to use whatever venue, that it should be more positive question asking. So when I asked myself about that, I was like, man, did they forget I had to go ahead and just remind myself there are times that you live this uh, thing called human life and forget that you're a spirit being. There are times that you prayed for a job and you asked God, you know, God, I just need this particular opportunity. And you are so excited when you see, oh, my goodness, they pulled you, you for an interview and you're excited because you feel like you did well at the interview. And you're like mm, laying out your first outfit that you're going to wear for your first day like it's the first day of school. And, you know, you prompt, you punctual. You know, you you looking okay. You you dressing yourself a certain way because when you when you feel good, you look good, and when you look good, you perform well, right? And you doing all this stuff, and then sometime down the line, whether it's weeks or a running with management or whatever, like that starts to deteriorate. 
Did you forget that you prayed for that job and that that job was actually a blessing? And out of all the people that God could have chose to get that particular blessing, he chose you because you asked for that job? Hmm? That promotion? Did you forget that maybe two to three years ago you wasn't making what you make now? You was living check to check two to three years ago. Now you get more money and it's almost like the same behaviors happen, but just with more money. Why are you living check to check now? Did you forget what the purpose was of getting more money? It wasn't to buy more things or get into more debt. More never sh should, it shouldn't be a seesaw with more. All right, make more money, make more debt. Like, did you forget? Did you forget that you don't have to make friends at work? And not in a negative space because I could already see some head shaking like, I'm not here to make friends anyway. No, but be realistic. You spend a lot of your time at work. You see what I'm saying? And so it is expected that you'll start to have some form of association, maybe not necessarily friendship, but association with the people at your job. But don't get it twisted. If the friendships or associations is not positive, it can go ahead and alter your day. That that one supervisor you feel like she is just after you, he, he just got something out for you. If he send one more email, if she called one more meeting, you're going to flip. But you frick, did you forget your assignment? This is not your home. You don't lay with these people. You were sent there as a blessing to either go ahead and rack up the experience so that you can make a greater future for yourself and your family and your bloodline. Or to go ahead and say, you know what, God may have seen, dang, this place needs some kind of sunshine, some type of boost, and you were the right fit for that environment. But you went right there and let the environment make you instead of you recreating this environment that God knew that only you could do. You may be the one that doesn't take stuff too seriously. You may be the one that can just, you know, let stuff just roll off your shoulder and people looking at you like, how is it that you never irritated when such and such does such and such? And you like, it don't bother me because your mindset is a rare gem in this particular environment. And you were supposed to go in there and show these people how that's done. But for whatever the reason, you went in there and you adapted to how they do it. Did you forget I really feel like sometimes we need to go back to God and say, I'm sorry, I'm losing my way. What was the um what was the assignment here again? So that you can complete it because you always know that after you complete something, there's always graduation, there's always promotion. And so but before you get there, you need to know what your assignments is and are so that you can go ahead and pass with stellar colors. Don't get somewhere and be stagnant. Nobody wants to be a 21-year-old kindergarten when it comes to their assignment in life. Did you forget what your assignment was in marriage? Hmm? That it wasn't that you were going to get married to someone who was always going to sweep you off your feet and always make you happy and always serve you. And I'm sorry, that sounds a lot like you tried to get married to be someone else's God. You wanted to get married so that somebody can worship you? And I know that sounds harsh. Like, no, not necessarily. It just, yeah, but when you listed out the things that you truly were expecting silently, it looks a lot like low-key, I was looking for a marriage that continually served me. 
When was the last time that you were in a relationship of some sort, marriage, dating, seriously, fiance, however you want to do it, and when you got upset, the first thing that you thought of was, what can I do to adjust in this relationship so that this discomfort is not being felt by my significant other? Yeah, that's that's weird to think like that, right? Because when we're angry, we want to go ahead and project out on what someone else is doing and what they're not doing and how they don't bring nothing to the table. And as a matter of fact, you bought the table. The least they can do is bring a tablecloth. Matter of fact, you bought the table and the tablecloth. The least they can do is bring some napkins. But what if you started looking at that napkin like, you know what, without you, I wouldn't have nothing to wipe my hands and mouth with. Not broadcasting it because I know it's hard. It's hard for some people to have a humble assessment like, you want me to clap my hands and stomp my feet for somebody who bought a napkin? I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to praise that. That's just not significant enough for me to go ahead and, and just have a whole celebration because you bought some napkins. But can I tell you something? If we had more of that mindset, you know how many relationships will be saved. You remember in the Bible the story of the prodigal son? And you remember when old buddy was like, listen, give me all my inheritance now so I can yellow, <laughs> you know, because you only live once. Let me go out here and get these scrippers and everything else that's worldly. Let me live this life with the money the way that I want to live it. And dad was like, all right, go ahead and take this money. Go ahead and do what you do. And then when the prodigal son came to his senses, he was like, I'm out here eating what the pigs eat, bro. Let me go back home and see if dad is okay with at least letting me get some scraps from the table. And when the father saw the son coming from afar, he went ahead and told, you know, his people, like, listen, go ahead and get the fattest calf that I have and, and slaughter it and let's do the celebration. And he threw the biggest party, ran out to the son, kissed on him, gave him a signet ring, gave him a robe. I mean, really go in your Bible and look at this. You would be like, I'm sorry, he threw this big celebration for what? For him coming back to his senses? Yes, he did. And you know who has something? to say his other son his other son heard the music and stuff going he heard the, you know the nuck if you buck and all the good music and he was like um why are they playing Beyonce in there what happened and they were like oh your brother came back y'all threw this celebration because my brother came back yeah your brother came back so we in there um you should get in there because fruit punch is almost out he was like I'm, I'm sorry Dad, can I have a word? Pull this father to the side. Real talk. Read the Bible. Pull this father to the side and was like, I've never even done a slither of what old boy did. Never disobeyed you. Always did what I had to do. I did this, that, and the third. And you never threw a party for me. Ever. And his father was like, you know what? But your brother came home, bruh. I don't have to worry about him no more. He came back to his senses. Your brother came back home, and that's what we're celebrating. And the son was like, I'm not going in there. He was like, I'm going to leave the door open. You can come if you want, but we're still going to celebrate your brother. I feel like we have the mindset of the brother that's like, nah, y'all never threw a Beyonce party for me. Mm-mm. Y'all never called Jay-Z and all the, no, I never, I ain't even never had no um pinata, sir. And, and I'm doing everything, making my bed, working, ain't getting into no trouble. You ain't never celebrated me. And I feel like that's our mindset sometimes. We forget the mission. The father understood, like, yeah, I get it. I know I never threw you nothing, but, like, your brother came back. He's safe now. Like, don't you see the bigger picture in that? And I think sometimes we get so distracted on what we're doing and how well we're doing a thing that we, we get distracted by why nobody ain't praising me extra. 
But what if we have more mindsets like the way the father did? What if we have more mindsets that understood the bigger, the bigger purpose? The bigger purpose wasn't to keep, you know, and I hate to say it, but people who are doing what they're supposed to do, it, like the Bishop Drake said, it ain't no trophy for that. Nobody's hand clapping praise because, oh, you passed and went to the next grade. You're supposed to do that. But the child that's struggling in school and barely can make it and not reading and don't have the family support, when they pass, it's like a standing ovation, isn't it? And you're like, I don't understand because in a sense, what the world is really saying is continue to be consistent. We expect that from you. But the people who need the cheering, we're going to give the cheering. So if you don't need the cheering on the side, then don't let people waste that just because it makes you feel good. What makes you feel good is actually someone else's fuel. So when you look at it that way, you're like, you know what? I don't want to take anyone else's fuel. That's what the mindset should be. You see what I'm saying in that? Having children. Don't let all these things that's going on with women having fry boys and, you know, being told they can't have children. And I have one of the best testimonies for a person who I'm considered myself to be close with. She was a childhood friend. She had the most beautiful testimony that I was like, oh, my goodness, like God is still in the blessing business. I, I just I, I'm a firm believer. He shows in different ways. If you just open your eyes to see, you will see it. She was told she could not have children. You know what God went ahead and did? Not only did she give birth to her daughter, she gave birth to her daughter on New Year's Day. And I'm talking it was in news headlines. She had her local county, uh, the news station in her labor delivery room. Can you imagine? Now, now, just focus real quick on that. Like, let's just get into that, that, that seat of that person. Being told you can't have children and possibly just being okay with, you know what, not being okay, but accepting it probably on the low, like you already know what, your, what, what cars was dealt to you, right? God goes ahead and lets you have not only a whole pregnancy, but a healthy one. She looked real good. Carried that pregnancy real well. And then you go ahead and give birth to a baby to the point that it's so televised. It almost feels like the way that Mary probably felt when she gave birth to Jesus. Like wise men is coming in her, giving presents, giving all this. That she gave birth to a baby that the world knows about now. Now, the only reason I'm saying what state she's in and all that, because I didn't ask permission to tell that story. And um, I'm not going to tell nobody grandbaby business and because this is not a gossip in line. This is a uh, gossip free phone call that we do here. Right. OK. But you have to get into that mindset of, you know what? I don't care what the external environment looks like. I don't even care what the doctor report looks like. If I, if I believe in my heart that I want a child, I'm going to get a child. And if you you or anybody you know falls into that category, I want you to go back to the Bible and read the story of Hannah. Because I'm telling you, it, it, there are things that if you really, really opened up the Bible and looked at some stuff, you would be like, man, it's dealing with real life situations now. 
Abraham didn't believe it. He was like, sir, my wife and I have cob the webs, okay? It is nothing going on in a reproductive factory of uh, what we like to call our loins. And um, have a nice day. And God was like, oh, okay. We'll take this Isaac real quick. Hannah was like, God, just please give me one. God was like, cool, I'm going to give you about five, okay? Um, I mean, the list goes on. Rachel and Leah, Rachel was looking at Leah like she gets to have all the babies and it's not fair. God at least gave her one and it wasn't even on good premise. It wasn't like she was like, you know, Lord, open up my womb. She was looking at Leah like I want to give my husband a um, baby too. It's not fair. So if you could just imagine what your prayer would be answered like with the right posture. My goodness, if he did it for Rachel, he could do it for you. Freaking Sarah, Abraham's wife, she laughed when she heard the angel say that. She was like, <laughs> Yeah, okay. God was like, why are you laughing? She was like, I'm sorry. No, that was a little, it was a little frog in my throat. I was, he was like, okay, so a year from now, you have a nice day. And I'm going to be able to, um, I think that was the first biblical uh, example of, <laughs> I told you so. But I said, I'll see you in a year from now, okay? And see how you feel about that. But going back to school or changing careers, like, did you forget that God said he delights in your heart's desires? Did you get distracted by, oh, you're too old or uh, um, whatever other circumstances that you're looking at? Man, I've been at this particular job and I racked up this amount of experiences. But if it's no longer your heart desires and God delights in it, like, why are you saying you're stuck in old blessings? You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like every time that God puts his hand on a certain thing in your life, there's a time frame to act on that. Like if Peter decided that time on the boat when they saw Jesus walking on water and they thought Jesus was a ghost. If Peter decided that um, a day or two beforehand, he wanted to try to do some, some moonwalking. You know, maybe he felt the Michael Jackson spirit and was like, you know what, in the future it's going to be a Michael Jackson. I want to see if I can moonwalk. But this time I want to see if I can moonwalk um, on the water. He probably would have died, okay? But the fact that Peter knew okay, I'm only going to do this thing while Jesus is in the midst of it. He never went back after Jesus and was like, that one time I failed. Let me try it again. Which is why I'm a huge proponent and believer for if God put his hand on it, you better follow God's hand because God's hand moves for what God's hand is blessing. His hand doesn't move according to what you are trying to accomplish in your life. Because a lot of people would have forfeit their blessings. A lot of people, even including in the Bible. Because uh, Elizabeth, now that I'm just thinking off the top, Elizabeth, you know, Hezekiah's wife, Mary's cousin. When the angel came to Hezekiah and was like, listen, uh, Elizabeth's going to be pregnant. He was like, how is this going to even happen? Angel was like, come here, sir. Mute. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and mute you because <laughs> we're not going to have nothing competing with uh, God's blessing. What happened in Hezekiah's life that he could have possibly been praying for a, a child? The angel comes down and says, okay, you're getting ready to have one. And he says, how can this be? Did he get distracted by his circumstance? Maybe his age, maybe Elizabeth's, who knows? You're calling in life. Did you get distracted by that? Did you start looking for qualifications to call yourself instead of realizing that when God calls someone, he qualifies them? And I know you heard of that before. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Did you forget that, though? Like, seriously. And I'm raising my hand, the right one to be exact. I'm, I'm not exempt from that. 
from time to time, I do feel myself getting wrapped up in the daily shenanigans and the mood swings and the this, that, and the thirds. And I have to ask myself, like, did you forget? You may not be 60 days in, but let's leave the number blank, right? But you're blank days in. Meaning you have a time on this thing called earth to fulfill exactly what God has for you to fulfill your assignment, the connections that are associated with your assignment and all these things that are correlated to you have to do within your your time stamp. You are a spiritual being undercover as a human being walking this thing on earth that you are actually supposed to be fulfilling a spiritual godly assignment. Did you forget and get so intertwined and distracted with this earthly shenanigans that you forgot, oh my gosh, I have a bigger calling on my life. I am supposed to be walking out this particular thing. I'm supposed to be the legs and the arms and the limbs of Jesus. I'm supposed to be like, did you forget? And this is not a blaming conversation because again, we all have things that were like, oh my gosh, you know what? Sometimes I do forget this is just my job. That this is my career path. That do you know what the teenage era of raising kids, it, it soon passes. That you know what this hiccup in this relationship, I'm not the only one that's had a hiccup in their relationship. Like the people who are married 50 and the, the double digits, the football numbers, they married that long. You'll ask them, have you ever had a hiccup? The answer is yes. No one's walking on sunshine and cotton candy the whole way through. Why are you so distracted on a circumstance, on an emotion, on, on a traumatic event? And you know what? Not to say that you are not in right standing to feel that way. That's why I brought up the prodigal son. Not the one that they celebrated, the other one. He was in right standing to feel like, here I am walking the straight line and no one's celebrating me. So most of your hiccups or your disdains on certain things, you are actually in right standing. And let me say that if you have never heard it yet from anyone else, especially the person who did it to you, let me go ahead and just get it out for you now for you to hear it so it can go through your ears and go through your soul, erase your, the, the stain and the wound thereof. And so you can move on in your life. You are right. They did you wrong. You would have never done them that way. How unfortunate for you to go through that particular circumstance. Yeah, the things that don't break you make you stronger. And if you would have had any other say-so on what would have built your muscles or your strength, you wouldn't have chose this by that person or this in that circumstance. You wouldn't have chose any of that. But you know what? If no one's ever said it to you, I'm going to say it now again. You are right in how you feel. They did you wrong. Maybe if they put a little bit more effort and more oomph into really considering you as a person and your overall you know, things that you bring to the table and just you as an overall person, maybe they would have done it right. But you know what? People are not perfect. And that's why the Bible says leave room for fault because people are going to be faulty. As long as we are breathing in this good oxygen, we are going to do things that intentionally or unintentionally hurt people. And sometimes we may be the victim or we may be the person on the other side harming someone and not even knowing it. 
but that does not give you a reason to press pause in a certain moment in time and decide that you're going to stay in this particular emotion, stay in this particular mindset, relive this particular trauma, and that's your reason for not getting to the greater goal of what you were made for. God made you for a purpose. That is just not something cliche. That is not something that's just put in the Bible so it can look good. Jeremiah 29, 11. You truly have a purpose and assignment on your life. There is a race between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness to see who can get your attention the sharpest. And everything that you feel and every time you want to go backward, every time you want to get angry and every time you want to hold on to that anger and walk this thing called life with a chip on your shoulder, you are letting the kingdom of darkness win. When you decide, nope, I'm going to rise above that, I'm going to keep going and, and, and do the thing that you know you were called to do, that's when you become almost like an icon. Like we look at Maya Angelou and go, oh my goodness, she wasn't able to speak till she was five. She had all these, you know, unfortunate things happen to her, but still she rise. You have to go through some mess. You have to go through some mud in order to go ahead and write a poem such as, and I too rise. And I'm probably chopped it up, but that's because I'm in, I'm just flow with me. I'm, I'm in a zone right now. You have to go through some type of something to see how how poorly you're being raised to go ahead and become an Oprah. No, nobody really speaks about that Oprah had a baby at 14. Nobody really speaks about that she was raped multiple times when she was younger. Nobody speaks about that. But would she have chose to go through that? No. But you know what it made her do? She took that stain and she made it a mission. Now she's helping young girls in Africa and all these other different things that she's doing. And she became, once she got her hands on some money, she went ahead and did some great things, built in schools and all that other stuff. What are you going to do with your stain? What are you going to do with that particular wound? You're going to continue to be distracted by it? Or you're going to go ahead and say, you know what? I know what I was sent here for. I know why this birthday was initiated on earth. And that was because I was intended to do fill in the blank. Stop being distracted by the things that happen on earth and deciding that you want to just get amnesia to the thing that heaven sent you down to do. I looked at, I got all this from a show called 60 Days Lockdown. 60 Days In. I got all that from this. And I love the fact that I'm able to pull, not only from the Bible, but just pull from everyday, just regular stuff. Start questioning yourself more. That's my challenge to you. Start positively questioning yourself more. How long are you going to hold on to that hurt? How long are you going to hold on to what such and such did? How long are you going to keep going to work with, with a chip on your shoulder? How long are you going to keep such and such responsible for what they did some years ago? And they're going, it's never been the same ever since. Don't you want your ever since to look a little differently? Let me explain something to you, and I'll give you a quick testimony real quick. When my mother died on my 26th birthday, I was very determined not to make that the chapter of my life look like, and ever since her mother died, it all went down here from there. No, absolutely not. I was strategic and I am not going to drown. I can see the proposition or the invite for this to be a terrible stain in my life. For this to be the one acme acre that just wraps around my neck and puts me in the middle of the ocean, I can see that. But I'm not accepting that. Every 
action is an accept, acceptance. It's a persuasion of source. And you get to choose, do I choose that? So that's my question to you. Do you want your ever since to look different? Do you understand what it is that you were called to do? And are you, can you admit that you're getting distracted by external events that you internalize and now you're distracted from the assignment? Can you admit that? That's my challenge to you. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that no one else is going to chin-check you on or go ahead and make you think in a positive way for your life so that you can apply it to your life. What's the sense of hearing something if you're not going to apply it? You can hear how great lotion is, but if you don't apply it, you're going to keep being ashy, okay? Let the church say amen, okay? But as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Later.